Welcome to another week on the podcast and happy new words to you. For weeks now, we have been discussing about the beatitude, what I call the portrait of a true Christian. In today's episode, I will raise four questions, answer two of them and answer the rest two in the next episode. Now, the question I want to raise are, how do we become merciful? What is a merciful person like? That's the second question. The third question is, should a merciful person always show mercy? And the last question, which is the fourth question, is why will only merciful people find mercy from God in the judgment day if salvation is by grace through faith alone? You can see that these are very practical and immensely important questions. To answer the first question, let's look at the immediate context. Recall from a few episodes back how we saw the first three Beatitudes in Matthew 5, 3-5, describing the emptiness of the blessed person, poverty stricken in spirit, mourning over the sin and misery of his condition, and accepting the hardship of life in humility. This condition of blessed emptiness is followed by hunger and taste for the fullness of righteousness. Then comes three descriptions of how righteousness abounds in the heart of the hungry and the tasty. That is in mercy, in purity, and in peacemaking. What I have tried to show you in the last episode is that mercy comes from a heart that has first felt its spiritual bankruptcy. The heart has come to grieve its sin and has learned to to wait humbly for God's timing and to cry out in hunger for the work of God's mercy to satisfy us with the righteousness we need. The mercy that God blesses is itself the blessing of God. It grows up like fruit in a broken heart, a humble spirit, and a soul that hunger and taste for God to be merciful. Mercy comes from mercy. Our, our mercy to each other comes from God's mercy to us. Therefore, the key to becoming a merciful person is to become a broken person. You get the power to show mercy from the real feeling in your heart that you owe everything you have and everything that you are to the divine mercy of God. Therefore, if if we want to become a merciful person, it is necessary that we cultivate a view of God and ourselves that helps us to say with all our heart that every joy and virtue and distress of our lives is owing to the free end undeserved mercy of God. Now the second question is, what is a merciful person like? How can you know when you're merciful? Sometimes it helps to get something clear if we can view it over against its opposite. So I have tried to find where mercy is constructed with its opposite. And I and I find very helpful illustration in Matthew and Luke. But firstly, 
Let's look at Matthew chapter 9 verse 10 to 13. Later Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with such crumb? When Jesus heard this, he, he said, Healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick people do. Then he added, Now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. In this illustration, the opposite of mercy is sacrifice. Verse 13 says, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. This is a quote from Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, where God accuses the people that their love is like the dew on the grass. It is there for a brief morning hour and then it is gone, and all that is left is the em empty form of burnt offerings. The point is that God wants his people to be alive in their hearts. He wants them to have feelings of affection towards him and mercy towards each other. He does not want a people who do their religious duties in a, in a perfectionary or merely formal way. In Matthew chapter 9, Jesus views sinners as sick and miserable people in need of a physician. Even though they were, they were the Bill Gates and Elon Musk of the day, the tax collectors, they are sick and he has the medicine. But all the Pharisees see is a ceremonial problem with becoming contaminated by eating with sinners. Their life seems to be a mechanical implementation of rules. Something huge was at stake here, but they could, they could not see it or feel it. They were enslaved to the trivial issues of ceremonial cleanness when eternal sickness was about to be healed. So the opposite of mercy is bondage to religious trivialities. Let's look at, at another illustration, another example of this same idea. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 to 24. The Bible says, What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tight even the tiniest income from your herbs gardens, but you ignore the most important aspect of the law justice, mercy, and faith. You should tight, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. Blind guides. You strain your water so you, you won't accidentally swallow a gut, but you swallow a camel. <laughs> swallow a camel, that's funny. What is the opposite of mercy in these stinging words of the Lord? The opposite of mercy is the straining out of gnats. The opposite of mercy is when your religious impulses are exhausted after you have decided whether to tight your gross income or your net income or your birthday gifts. 
The lesson we learn from the words of Jesus when he says, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. And you strain the water so you won't accidentally swallow a gnat, but you swallow a camel. Is that a great obstacle and enemy to mercy is the preoccupation with trivialities in life. The bondage to triviality is the cause of the unmerciful. When Jesus says, don't ignore the more important aspect of the law. He means, beware of going through the day doing only trivial things, thinking only trivial thoughts, feeling only trivial feelings. Jesus wants us to pinch ourselves again and again, lest we, lest we be found glued in front of the television, making no plans for the more important aspect of mercy. Blessed are the merciful. Therefore, if you want to be blessed, you must make war against the bondage of religious and secular trivialities and devote your life to the more important matters of the law. Justice, mercy, faith. Mercy is not trivial. It is one of the more important aspects in all of life. My last illustration of the opposite of mercy for today's episode is found in the parable of the Good Samaritan in Luke chapter 10 verse 25 to 37. One day an expert in religious law stood up to test Jesus by asking him this question. Teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, What does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, and all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right, Jesus told him. Do this and you will live. The man asked Jesus how a person should act who may expect to find mercy at the judgment day and inherit eternal life. Jesus answers that the person who receive the mercy of eternal life are those who have loved God with all their hearts and their neighbor as themselves. In other words, God blesses those who are merciful now to their neighbor, for they shall receive the mercy for eternal life in the future. So this story is very relevant to these Beatitudes. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. This will be even more obvious when we look at the Bible that follows. The lawyer wanted to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? And Jesus answered with the parable of the good Samaritan. That's verses 30 to 37. Jesus replied with the story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. 
a temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan snooped his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he, then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn, where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man. If his bill run higher than this, I will pay you the next time I am here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked. The man replied, The one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, Yes. Now go and do the same. In the next episode, we are going to answer the next two questions. See you then. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Pilgrim Podcast. If you find it helpful, we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast or search our growing archive for more episodes. Join me next time as we journey through scripture, exploring the Christian life and what it practically means to live as a pilgrim in this world.